Blog Talk Radio. This is the Back Porch Writer Podcast, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. It's live, fun, and informative. Each week, I chat with writers, editors, and industry pros to give you and me a heads up about this whole new awesome publishing world. Back Porch Writer is about creating the life that you want through writing and publishing. Are you ready to tap submit? Let's explore the possibilities together. Welcome to Back Porch Writer. Welcome to Back Porch Writer, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. I'm your host, Corey Miller, and today is June 7th, 2017, and welcome to the program. I know it's been a little while uh, since we've been able to do an episode, but most of you listening also know that my schedule changed a little bit because of school, which is going well, by the way. I'm having a great time in school. I'm in a research methods class right now, learning a lot, and another class just started on Monday, and that's in my psychology program. So that's going along well. It's just chugging along. Everything's just moving along as it should be. So I'm enjoying my time, and I hope you are enjoying your time. It's, you know, it's summer here in the States, and it's already gotten a little hot here in Nebraska, I have to say. I broke down and turned on the air conditioner. Yes, I went and turned on the air conditioner. Although I will say it, it's been like 80-something degrees and humid, and that's the way it is in Nebraska. If you've never been here, we have pretty high humidity. I am going to give you a heads up and warning just in case something strange happens. My neighbor's got a new dog. I can't control that puppy, and it is a puppy, but it's a Great Dane. The thing is already huge. The paws on this thing, just massive. Female Great Dane, lovely dog. Um, She is learning to behave appropriately. She's not quite there yet. Um, So if you happen to hear any barking, that would be the dog next door who apparently really likes to stay on my deck which is where I'm seated at the moment is just inside the kitchen looking out into the backyard and she's happy as can be just a beautiful little dog little (laughs) great Dane I did mention that right so tonight I'm really excited because we're going to be talking about a topic that I happen to really enjoy actually a couple topics I happen to really enjoy coaching being one of them um, training might pop up in there too, and authenticity, which in my opinion also relates to well-being. So I'm looking forward to this. My guest is Norma Hollis. She is she and I have gone back and forth trying to get her on the show because of schedules and things like that. So I'm so excited because we finally were able to get this all set up. So Norma Hollis is coming on in just about 30 seconds to tell us all about what she teaches. Um, one of the things is self-awareness, but her specialty happens to be authenticity. And she created, and I'm very curious about this, she created a tool um, so that people could actually do a self-test on uh, their authentic self or determine their authentic self. And I'm going to have her describe that, of course, because it's her tool and she can tell us all about it. But I thought, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, I don't meet very many uh, authors or, or people in the industry, different industries who do that, who actually create some tool for somebody to use and do the work necessary to create the tool. So I'm, I'm curious to hear that what that's all about. Let's get her on to the show just right about now. Hi, Norma. Welcome back, Porch Writer. Hi, Corey. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Well, thank you so much. I, I want to start with um, how you got into the field that you're in, because I read that in your bio, you've been in this basically like 30 years or so, that you've been teaching, coaching, training, doing something like this with people for a long time. 
For a long time. It's what I was born to do, if you will. And my uh, getting into it in my entire career, if you will, has kind of been led. I'm someone who really listens to my inner voice and believes that my inner voice knows more than the ego voice does. And I've followed it all of my life. And it has what has led me through this whole path process of authenticity, living it, experiencing it, writing about it, understanding it, knowing about it, and really helping people with self-awareness. And I guess to really it started when I was 28 and was very, very confused and uh, didn't understand um, who I was. I was miserable. I had done everything my parents had say do, as many of us do in life. And by the age of 28, having done everything that they said, I realized I was miserable. I had the husband, the car, the house, the, the job, you know, all those wonderful things that they say make you happy, and I wasn't. And I had no no clue what to do with myself because I didn't know who I was. And that started me on a journey that actually took over, actually over 30 years to gain the depth of understanding. And I had no idea that in so doing I would create something that would be so useful for so many people. So I guess that's the way it works sometimes. It's just I didn't start out to say, well, I'm going to study authenticity. I just <laughs> finished it and, and had written a number of books and what have you on it, and that's when uh, one of my coaches said to me, well, this is authenticity. You talk about authenticity. I said, oh, okay. And what's interesting, I went and listened to myself and some of my recordings I had done because I had a speaker's bureau at that time, and I mentioned the word authenticity frequently. I just never heard myself say it. So that really <laughs> validated that's what I talk about. That's really interesting. I was doing um, a little bit of research on the coaching industry uh, in preparation for this program. And I thought it was uh, one of the interesting facts that came out. I was taking a look at the 2016 uh, ICF Global Coaching Study. And ICF is the International Coaching uh, Federation. Federation. In case, uh-huh. Yeah, they did this study. And they said that one in five coaches are in their, you know, the 50 to 54 age range. Right. And I don't know your age. But based on what we're talking about here, you were 28 and then you took this time. I'm guessing you're a little bit older than I am, and I'm in my late 40s. <laughs> um, right. So it seems like we kind, of fit, we kind of fit into that realm of one in five coaches are 50 to 54, and I think there's a reason for that. I think it takes time <laughs> you yeah. know, to get to that point, where, you, particularly for something like what you're talking about, which is authenticity. Um, I would find it easier to have a coach who is a little bit older, and maybe this is my own bias coming out yeah. who's had a little bit more experience than someone right. who's younger. But maybe that's Yeah, it. well, they've lived more. And, you know, having lived more, it's such a different view of the world and life when you've lived enough years to understand it. Because when you're younger, you're stuck in so much confusion, just like I was at 28, because you still haven't really identified your own values. In your 20s, you know, you're really – struggling to understand what life's really about. Your parents told you one thing and you got out in the world and you realize 20 more things that you never even considered. And many of them make sense. So it's confusing mm-hmm. to really establish, you know, well, where are my values? Where do my values end? Where do my parents' values end? You know, where do I really fit in this? And that takes a while to do. And you make a lot of mistakes. So uh, you have to make the mistakes in order to know what the right paths are. Someone who's never made a mistake is not going to be a good coach because they haven't had to fix, they haven't had to to suffer from the challenges of that. You learn from your mistakes, whether it's in life, in business, and whatever it is, you learn from them, or hopefully you do. So that's why coaches 
the older because they it takes a while to get the perspective to be able to really um you know help other people mhm absolutely i think about my years in i've been training development for 10 years and it okay. involved a lot of coaching and i was young when i got into that field i was like 24 i think yeah that's very young yeah so I was yeah, that's very young. moldable. So <laughs> a lot of things <laughs> yeah. you learn at 20, just like they say, you know, my first degree is early childhood. And they say so much that your first five years develop your character. Well, at the age I'm in now, I realize also that your 20s help develop your, your adult character. You know, five, they say the five is your, is your character as a human being. And that modifies to some extent, but the foundation stays the same. But it's the mm-hmm. same thing in your 20s, because when you're in your 20s, you have the least financially and material things, and you need the most. You need cars, you need food, you need a place to live, all these things you've never done before. And having to do those and going through the motions and learning and making the mistakes, you know, teaches you a whole lot. And so your character mm-hmm. grows a lot. Absolutely. So, mm-hmm. I can sit back and I can think about those times when I was doing the training work I was doing when I first started versus when I left. You know, so I started 23, 24, and then about 10 years later. You know, uh-huh. I, I had different perspective and I, I sort of cringe at some of the things that I know I said or did with different uh, people in our programs based on my own experience of being 23 or 24 or right. 25 and not having, I didn't have the experience that they had. Some of them were already at that time in their forties um, mm-hmm. and I was trying to give advice. <laughs> you know, I mean, that just, some of that doesn't work. Well, some advice <laughs> is easy for the younger ones. Like, since we talk about, you know, computers and stuff, because they certainly mm-hmm. know it in the generation, but things that require wisdom and, because, you know, so much of, the, of your decisions in life have a long-term impact. And when you're young, you cannot judge the long-term impact. That's what the age gives you the wisdom for, to judge from from a different perspective what this path might lead to and what this path might lead to, which is why mm-hmm. you, you, know, you can help people to, to, to evaluate which path they want to take because you have a better view of, which, of what, you know, what the outcome may be. And that's mm-hmm. what you lack in younger years. You can look at it and be smart and be wise and all, but you still can't judge what it's like to be 40 when you're only 20. There's just exactly. no way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the challenge. And that's why, and what I like about society right now is that society is more open to coaching. Because when I was younger, there were not many coaches, if any at all. There were therapists and stuff of that nature and psychiatrists. But coaching was not really a standard way of, of earning a living and a, and, a, mm-hmm. and a career. They didn't teach coaching in college. But, mm-hmm. but now there's a more open openness in society as a whole to receive the advice of coaches. And it's, it's actually almost a prestige thing to have a coach. Well, it's something like a $2 billion industry worldwide in the, in the States. It's like 955 million. So there you go. Oh, you've but done your research. Interesting. Oh yeah. Well, I don't know if you've it's ever heard about industry. W Bex. Have you heard of W Bex? No. W W Bex W B E C S. It stands for world business and executive coaches summit. And they have a summit every year and they bring in coaches from around the world who are doing phenomenal things. So mm-hmm. I would suggest anyone that has an interest in coaching to look up WBEX Summit, W-B-E-C-S Summit. They are, in fact, having their pre-summit as we speak. It goes on for another two weeks. And this is an opportunity to, for free, 
listen to a number of different coaches from around the world and the work that they do. And I'm proud mm. to say that last year and this year I am a host. I'm not speaking on my particular topic of authenticity on the, on the main piece, but I'm hosting and introducing some other speakers. But I am doing some roundtables where I'm talking about the impact of authenticity in the coaching in, in environment. So some very interesting stuff. Like last year I interviewed, I hosted for the guy who was a, the, the coach for Google. And I had mm. another lady who was one of the founders of ICF. And another couple of them that talked about coaching millennials. And I listened to one yesterday and they were talking about the neuroscience of, 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 of leadership and things of that nature. It's very fascinating. And people mm-hmm. from all over the so I would, and then they have a summit after the pre-summit where they introduce these topics. They have speakers throughout the year who talk in more detail on these different topics. It's it's very very great information, very well mm-hmm. respected. Yeah. Well, I'll definitely have to check that out. I hadn't heard of that. So yeah. the authenticity side of this, tell me more about that and why you're so drawn to that particular topic. Well, I imagine I'm drawn to it because my childhood was not exactly authentic. I was born into a very traditional family where my mother was very concerned with the quality of car and mink coat that she received and the diamonds. And, you know, I loved her dearly, but I always felt that there was, there, there was missing, there was a purpose missing to her, to her activities. And as I got older, I recognized that. And when I felt the shallowness at 28 and not knowing who I was, it was because of that. So that just led me and, and continued to push me into learning more about myself and um, learn, gaining more depth and meaning in my life. And that's really what authenticity is and allows you to do. So in, in my research of dissecting myself, I, I really was able to identify nine personalities within me. And those nine personalities are spread among three different voices. And those voices are the inner voice that no one hears but me. We all have one. No one hears it but us. And the outer voice, which is how we are perceived by other people, and they may not know or have a clue of who we are or what goes on inside of us, but they just see us. And then the expressive voice, which is who we have become and how we express ourselves in the world. And I just continue to evaluate those three voices and then each of the three voices I found had three energies or three dimensions within them that, recognize, that identify who we are and who we can become. And then I expanded that to attach each energy of the nine energies to an animal because that's the way that gave me a way to really resonate more with that part of me that I was really just discovering. So, for example, my intuitive voice, which is part of my inner voice, I saw as an owl because an owl is considered very wise. And in the wisdom of that, it listens, and usually on a nighttime or in a silent time, and that's what, you're in, what my intuitive voice did. That's how it, 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 it reacted in me. I have another dimension called integrity, which is your values. And for that, the animal that I had there was a panther because I recognized that my values for children were over the top because I'd go to bat for a kid in a heartbeat if I saw someone someone being uh, misused. And I recognized that energy was more of a panther because a panther can get very upset and very agitated and strike out in a heartbeat. And so I just, and all of us have these different energies and all of us operate under different energies under different circumstances. 
And I just put together a format and a formula for people to do that as a way to understand themselves. Now, is this what led you to creating the, the tool, the assessment tool? Yeah, well, actually, it is part of the tool. The, um, those nine dimensions are put together in a graphic representation that I call the authenticity grid. So it's a grid that has nine boxes in it, uh, three boxes for each of the voices, three for inner voice, three for outer, and three for expressive. And then it also is related to the authenticity assessment. And this is a tool that uh, has a number of questions that people can ask to get a sense of their level of authenticity. So to go a step further, I have the authenticity assessment online, and people Mm -hmm. can take it free, complimentary, they can go to authenticity assessment, but since people spell authenticity wrong most of the time, including me, I set it up also at be real test, B-E-R-E-A-L-T-E-S-T dot com. And there's 30 questions on that assessment. Assessment is free. 27 of them are about the grid, three questions for each of the nine dimensions. And then the last three questions ask you about how serious you are about wanting to make a transformation in your life. And then you get a chance to decide where your interest is in authenticity. I have three different programs that I offer for people. One is to becoming an authentic speaker. I used to own a speaker's bureau, and I am a professional speaker, so I have people look at how to use their voice, their authentic voice, to share a message and make a difference in the world. I have another program on personal development. I work a lot with that with authentic leadership, and helping people become more aware, self-aware of who they are. And uh, that's another program that I offer. And the third program I offer is Raising Authentic Children. And that goes back to my early childhood days when I directed preschool programs and Head Start programs. And it helps parents understand authenticity from the standpoint of applying it to raising their children. And when you finish the assessment, you get a chance to pick one of those three, and then you're going to get a series of videos, just short one-minute videos, to educate you in the different areas. So you'll get some one-minute uh, videos of me, uh, me speaking in the authentic speaking, and I'm giving you tips and techniques to be a speaker and be more authentic because your power as a speaker comes from your authenticity. There's 27 videos if you pick the personal development. That's myself and five or six of the ambassadors that I've trained in my authenticity process. And you'll get a chance to hear from them what these different dimensions mean to them. And then there's 11 videos that help you to understand about raising authentic children and helping you understand the new children that are coming into the world and how they are being upgraded from homo sapiens to what we call homo luminous, which is, a whole, which is another evolution of the, human, of the human beings. So that's in my work for authenticity. I'm expanding it beyond that, but those are the three things that you get and can, can choose from when you take the free authenticity assessment at berealtest.com. Mm-hmm. So the book that I I looked up was uh, 10 Steps to Authenticity. Yes. Yes. So tell me a little bit more about that book. Well, that book is one that I actually wrote and published in 30 days. I had a speaking engagement and I needed a book to go with it. But the thing about writing a book is that when you know your stuff, you can spit it out easily. So that Mm -hmm. book was a summary of my 30 years of research. I had already written nine workbooks, one for each of the nine dimensions. That's part of my whole program. So it wasn't that difficult for me to summarize everything 
and put out this 10 Steps to Authenticity so people would know how to apply what they learned and what they observed and, and evaluated and reflected on from taking the assessment. So it's a book that it is the assessment itself, but it also takes you a little bit deeper. One of the advantages of having the book is that if you want to use this authenticity and the assessment and the, and the dimensions as, a, as a, um, a family growth tool, then you can, in a family meeting, you know, read the book, take the assessment, and begin to examine and evaluate the family structure in each of the individuals and help everyone to be their most authentic self. That's the most memorable and meaningful life when you live it authentically. So that's where the book is very valuable for people in that way. Now back to that, the assessment, how did you go about developing that tool? Because I mean, I know from reading lots of different assessments, some of the things I have to go into uh, just thinking about questions, how to gear the questions towards certain things so that it gives you the information you need it to give you. So what was your process for that? Well, it's interesting. Doing the assessment was really very easy. I think I did it in one day, and I barely, barely tweaked it. But again, I had spent 30 years with it, so I, with the material, so I knew what I had. Uh, the first thing I had to do is determine what I wanted the assessment to evaluate, and it evaluates how authentically a person is living their life at that moment, and it may change from time to time. And I had to go back and think about when I started writing this whole program, what was one of the things that came to my mind a lot? And one of the things that I, that, that, what that was is how important it is to integrate certain behaviors in your life. Certain things, you know, we try out here, we try out there, but we integrate them in time. So, for example, when we started to learn how to drive a car, when we first started, we had to stop and think about where's the key go, the seatbelt, how do I hold it, where am I going, you know, all those things. And now it's so integrated in our life that we oftentimes wonder how did we get home so quickly because it become a part. So I had to go back and think about the process that I took to uncover the program that I had developed and then take certain elements of that process and include it in the assessment. And so just a matter of representation. Now I have two versions of the assessment. One is the straight nine questions, which was the original version that I had online for a while but then I had challenges keeping programmers available when certain things happened and stuff would happen. So then I got hooked up with a girl who does, who, whose website does, she, she, creates some, she creates assessments for you. But they have to be in her format. And her format was not nine questions, it was 30 questions. So I had to kind of rewrite it to fit her format. So it's not as pure, if you will, as the nine questions but it still gets the point across and gets people to thinking and gets to the scores that we look for them to have. So mm -hmm. it's just, and each one was a little different process because the first one in doing the nine questions and the first time I did it, I had to evaluate what was my purpose 30 years ago for starting this? What was I really mm -hmm. trying to do? Therefore, I could translate that to what this assessment would do. And then the second one was how do I take what I have and put it into someone else's format and still make it get the, the, right, the same results. And so much of it, I have to be very honest with you, was channeled through me. A lot of writers write as spirit leads them, if you will. And this whole process of 30 years was my intimate relationship with an energy that was taking residence with me and guiding me through the whole process of, of writing. 
And what's interesting is that when the process was over, I actually felt the spirit leave. And my work is over, and I was happy to say that I could get my life back. Because if anyone knows what I'm talking about, creative people generally do have a high spiritual connection. And sometimes that spirit, I've seen artists sometimes, and when they get into their art, and they're just in, that spirit is taking control as they write and as they art and, and paint and do what they do. So it's the same thing with those of us that are what I call intellectual artists and writing programs. I write programs for human development. The spirit just kind of takes over and consumes. In my case, it was a 30-year journey. So I just got reborn again, which I'm glad about. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the the most, rewarding thing about doing what you're doing right now? The most rewarding thing for me is when I have an event and I share my information and especially when I go deep and talk about the deeper elements of why I did this and some of my before birth memories and stuff like that and I touch people in such a way that their soul begins to remember that they came here with a purpose. And they begin to tweak and, and transform before my very eyes and begin to, rec- to remember that they were on a path. And then they begin, begin con- uh, con- contemplating how they can get back on their path that they were sent to be on. So the greatest joy is seeing the light bulbs come on, whether they come on in a, in a small way or a huge way, and seeing people get back on their path. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have to agree. I love that. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exciting. Need yeah, more of that. Absolutely. I had a conversation years ago. I, I can't remember where I was training, but it was in a small town, small community. And I was sitting and eating dinner in a restaurant alone. Oftentimes I had to do that. But I usually mm-hmm. would sit in the bar area because they'd have a TV. <laughs> so I would have to right, right. distraction, right? So I was in there and some guy sat next to me and just struck up a conversation. And he, he and I had a lovely conversation. It turned out that he, he was a hardworking guy. He was a blue-collar, hardworking guy. Um, mm-hmm. And he had fallen on hard times. And he started sharing his poetry with me. And um, mm. you might want to continue down that path of poetry because this clearly is where you are. It's where you're, I mean, just, it. you could see it in his entire body. He just you know, sort of sat up straight and was eager and wanted to share everything and then started jotting things down on a napkin, you know. And I thought, you you might want to start thinking about that again and go down that path for a little while. Well, you know, um, I do write poetry, and I wrote a lot in my 20s. I have books and volumes. I went back in, in my 40s and took some of them and wrote some books. And so, yes, I appreciate that. And poetry is part of the creative process. And Many of us who are authors are also poets. So thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Someone else mentioned that in the last week, so that sounds like a confirmation to me. Thank you. <laughs> That's kind of how I look at it, too. When it starts to come across my path, something more yeah. than once, and like, oh, I'm supposed to be paying attention to that. <laughs> That's right. So it means something. I've, yeah, it happens to me frequently. I'm like, oh, yeah. I didn't get the message the first time. <laughs> So there it is. Well, that's one of the things I talk about in my intuition part of the inner voice, that spirit is always talking with you and getting your attention. And I show eight ways in which spirit does that and ending in uh, uh, physical things happening to you when you don't listen. The spirit will always have its way. So for those <laughs> of you that 
I fight spirit all the time, you know, it's best to listen because spirit, <laughs> spirit has more power than we do. And sometimes it'll just knock you upside the head <laughs> with a ball. Or, or suffer the consequences. <laughs> That's exactly what it is. <laughs> hard head. It's hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh, tell everybody how they can reach you if they want to learn more about authentic coaching and everything that you do. Yes. Well, my um, email address is coaching at normahollis.com. Norma Hollis. Hollis is H-O-L-L-I-S.com. Coaching at normahollis.com. I'm on Facebook, Norma T. Hollis. And also, I certainly encourage you to go to take the assessment. It is complimentary at B realtest.com b-e-r-e-a-l-t-e-s-t.com and when you take that and decide which of the three uh, video sequences you want you will begin to get emails from me and you can reach out and reply to those at any time I'm always looking to connect with people get to know them invite you to my events different things I'm doing and I'd be delighted so thank you for asking no problem. And I should mention to everybody, I checked out Nora's book over on Amazon, The Ten Steps to Authenticity. So go check that out. Um, she can use some review love. I checked that out too. I was telling oh, yeah. people on the yeah. show, you know, please review the books when you when you read them. So hopefully people will be able to do that um, when they check out The Ten Steps to Authenticity. And I know you have something else, another book that you're planning for 2018. Why don't you tell everybody about that real quick? Yes, it is called Authentic Healthcare Leadership, a practical handbook. So I'm taking uh, my work, you know, I certify and train others to deliver my authenticity program. And I have many nurses and doctors that I've trained, and they encourage me to take my authenticity message to the healthcare industry. So this is our effort to break into the healthcare industry with this book. And I have chapters being written by some of the nurses and doctors who have taken my program and to have their case studies of how it has impacted them. So that's being it's being published by uh, Taylor and Francis Group, and mm-hmm. it should be out time in uh, early 2018. I got to finish writing it though first, so <laughs> I will hope to have that done soon. <laughs> <laughs> yep, got to start there. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, sure. That sounds like a really interesting book. So be sure to get back in touch with me when you have that book available. Right. I'd love to hear more about it. And healthcare is just an industry I'm I'm very interested in, actually. And just on the outside of it, like I don't want to be a nurse. I don't want to but I just find it an interesting topic. So I'd love to hear more about the book once you get that finished. Yes, and with me too. <laughs> <laughs> well Norma, thank you so much for being with me here on Back Porch Writer. Corey, it has been my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. I've enjoyed the conversation. You're a very good interviewer. Thank you. Thank you. I'm a work in progress. I'm with you. We all. (laughs) Have a great day. Thank you, dear. You do the same. Bye-bye. Bye. So be sure to check out her book, 10 Steps to Authenticity, over on Amazon. And she mentioned her website for the assessment, and it was Be Real Test. Dot com. That's B-E-R-E-A-L test.com. You can check that out. And if you happen to Google um, authenticity movement, you'll find out even more information. And it's the global authenticity movement, but the website's authenticitymovement.com. So be sure to check that out as well. 
I did do some interesting research. If you're interested in more about the coaching industry, you should look up the 2016 ICF Global Coaching Study, and you will find out everything I found out that I thought was fascinating, like uh, 53,300 professional coaches, coach practitioners worldwide. That's a pretty big number, and that number actually doesn't include the 10,900 who are managers and in leadership positions, and they do some outside coaching. Um, so there's quite a few people who are doing it, and in North America, it's about 33%. Um, of those coach practitioners are in North America. Um, and they, in fact, had the highest number of active clients at 92%. But you can go and check it out uh, on the 2016 ICF Global Coaching Study. It's a PDF. You can download it for free and see what that's all about if you're interested in coaching and learning more about the coaching industry. So I thank you so much for joining me here on Back Porch Writer, the show for writers about writers and writing. I'm your host, Corey Miller. Until next time, pull up a chair, sit so, and write. Thanks for listening to Back Porch Writer. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe via iTunes so people just like you can find the show. If you've got comments, questions, or want to be a guest, visit BackPorchWriter.com for details. I'm your host, Corey Miller. Until next time, pull up a chair, sit a so, and write.